0: coaches what is up you're tuned in to keep your pads down we dominate the line of scrimmage and terrorize your quarterback this is episode number 103 so whether you're way out in sandy utah or down in the villages florida over in dfw or somewhere in between thank you for checking us out today well (laughs) as weekends go this was a a rough one in my house we had a had a busy weekend plan a kid's soccer game dance camp for my daughter a, a Pleasant Grove baseball game Saturday night. But all those plans were laid to waste Friday night when a stomach bug swept through all five members of my family, uh, to quote the movie, Meet the Parents, like an unstoppable rebel force. And it happened quick. I mean, everyone was throwing up and, and, and other things uh, throughout the night. No one could get any sleep. And to top it off, our power was knocked out at about four in the morning because the storm was blowing through. So it was a rough 24 hours or so, but uh, everyone seems to be on the up and up and, and keeping food down. So I'm ready to turn the page and get this week started. Hopefully, you are too. It is the week of the NFL draft. So, a ton of interesting storylines to follow as round one goes off Thursday night, uh, then round two Friday night, and then things wrap up this weekend. It uh, looks like picks one and two are, are sort of a foregone conclusion at this point. You know, as both, uh, you know, the Jaguars and Jets seem to be uh, set on Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wood. Zach Wilson, respectively. Uh, it will be interesting to see what the 49ers do at number three. And then I think the most interesting question is what the Falcons do with their number four pick. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I love watching the first round of the draft ever since they moved it to Thursday night at prime time. I think it makes for great TV. Anyway, I'll be watching closely to see what the Cowboys do with their first pick. Do they get some, some help on defense? Do they go and get another offensive weapon for Dak? I don't know but it'll be interesting to see. So if you're going to be hanging out at the house Thursday night and watching the NFL draft, then you should check out a really cool event put on by our sponsor in Our Coaching Network. Now, first, let me tell you a little bit about what Our Coaching Network is. Our Coaching Network is a new football coaching platform connecting coaches from all levels and helping them get better every week. Our coaching network has live clinics going off, usually at least three nights a week. And we'll have 150-plus hours of high-quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred back to at any time in the future. So this week, because of the NFL Draft is Thursday night, Our Coaching Network is hosting a Draft Night Happy Hour beginning at 7 p.m. Central on Draft Nights. So if you want to log on and chat face-to-face with other coaches about what's going on with the draft, then grab a couple of your favorite beverages, log into Our Coaching Network for their Draft Night Happy Hour on Thursday night at 7 Central. Now, if you're wanting to study up on some X's and O's this week, I can just about guarantee you that you can find whatever topic you want to learn more about in their their clinic library, which is free to members. So get on over to our coaching network, create your account. It's going to cost you about fifty cents a day, uh, and you can begin learning and connecting with coaches from all over the country. Okay, so here's something you should be thinking about: What are you doing to promote your athletes, your school sports teams, heck, even yourself on social media sites like? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Now, if your answer is nothing, then I'm just going to tell you, you're, you're behind. But okay, so maybe you have no idea about how to go about even doing something like that. And that's okay, because our next sponsor, GoEdit Graphics, has got you covered. And what GoEdit Graphics does is allow any coach to create custom graphics in minutes by changing the colors, text, and images to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication to name a few. You need a graphic to wish your athletes happy birthday? They got templates for that. You want to create an awesome-looking graphic for for game day? They have a template for that. The platform is easy, it's affordable, and no design skills are needed. So if you're looking for a way to promote the awesome things going on in your athletic program, then the team at GoEdit Graphics has got you covered. Subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. Here's something else that's cool. Mention keep your pads down and receive $25 off your showcase yearly package. Go check them out on Twitter at GoEditGraphics or visit their website through the link in today's show notes to see examples of the awesome graphics coaches have already created. You can also check out our Twitter feed for examples, as many of our show's graphics were created using GoEdit as well. Actually, this week's uh, graphic with Coach Tony Salazar was created using GoEdit Graphics, so you can check that out as well. Showcase your athletes with custom graphics in less than two minutes with GoEdit Graphics. So on today's episode of KYPD, I sit down with one of the top defensive minds in the state of Texas and Austin-Westlake defensive coordinator, Tony Salazar. Coach Salazar has been in high demand on the clinic circuit over the last couple of years due to Chaparral's success on the field and the dominance of their defense at a school that, you know, frankly, uh, is typically known for their prolific offenses, which they still have. But with Coach Salazar, Westlake now boasts uh, one of the top defensive units in the state of Texas as well. Coach Salazar has been at Austin-Westlake since 2014, helping the Chaps to a state finalist finish in 2015 and a back-to-back state championships in 2019 and 20. In 2020, Coach Salazar was honored with the Broyles Award, given to the most outstanding assistant coach in the state of Texas. Before coming to Westlake, Coach Salazar served as the defensive coordinator for Coach Dodge at Marble Falls High School, and prior to that, he made stops at Leander and Dripping Springs after getting his coaching career started at his alma mater at Mary Harden Baylor. Today, Coach Salazar and I talk about sort of the, uh, the genesis of his defensive philosophy, the chaps multiple look defense, which bases out of an even front with the ability to get into an odd look. So then we start off talking about Westlake's odd front look, which is a 3-3 stack. And then we get into their four down front, which leads us to talk a little bit about some of their defensive line techniques. Now, w- once again, I-, I have to apologize for my voice or lack thereof. I know that's happened a couple of times this semester, but we had our, uh, our heart and soul week a, uh, a, a big culture week for us here at Pleasant Grove, and it was, it was five intense days of just getting after it, and uh, it was a great week, but my voice was shot by the time I interviewed Coach Salazar, but thankfully, he does most of the talking in our conversation today. Anyway, really excited for you to hear from Coach Salazar, so let's get to it. Here is Coach Tony Salazar on episode number 103 of Keep Your Pads Down. Coach Salazar, let me uh, first apologize for my voice. You know, I, I it seems like maybe once or, or, or twice a, uh, a semester it goes out on me from, you know, I don't like to say yelling at kids, but maybe maybe coaching vigorously. But uh, anyway, we're going to make it through. And, and I want to, uh, <clears throat> I know I'm not the first and and I'm probably the, uh, you know, maybe the Closer to the 500th person who's told you this, but congratulations on the back-to-back state championships and and welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Coach Taylor. Thanks for having me. Obviously, um, excited about being here and and you know trying to talk ball with guys that uh, enjoy it probably just as much as I do. So thanks again and, and look forward to our talk today.
0: Well, yeah, Coach, and as I mentioned already, <clears throat> and most of these guys listening know you're the defensive coordinator there at Austin Westlake. Uh, under Coach Todd Dodge, uh, at a premier program in, in the, the state of Texas. Uh, a lot of exposure and recognition, but uh, let's take it back to the beginning and have you tell us how you got into coaching in the first place.
1: I learned and got into coaching, obviously, from having coaches who were, you know, big-time influences in my life. And, and I think it starts with my high school coach. Uh, I was born and raised in Drippy Springs, Texas, right outside Austin. You know, back then it was kind of a little hill country three, three A town, and, and obviously now it's borderline, you know, gonna be six A probably before you know it. And and so, um, but had great experiences there, was fortunate enough kind of early on, you know, I just uh was pretty good at sports. You know, I played just about every sport there was. If there was a ball involved, I was usually playing and uh was fortunate enough to to be, you know, that's where I learned, I think, my competitive fired my competitive juices came from was just playing youth ball and uh, I kind of I think it's reflected in in kind of my personality and and the company I keep I'm kind of an old soul and uh, I was fortunate enough to kind of start as a freshman in high school and play four years of high school football you know and you kind of get thrust to a leadership spot you know there kind of my junior year in high school you know, I was a two-time team captain, my junior senior year, and, and that's pretty, I thought, kind of instrumental in me being finding my niche as you know a, a leader of other men. You know, and and uh, then an high school head coach, Howard Ballard, who was just as cool as the other side of the pillow, he was you know famous sports guy, you say, and and uh, he was just uh, one of those guys that uh, carried himself very well, had a cool calm demeanor. Um, and, and when it was time to to coach up his kids and to get fired to his players, he he dug down and found another gear. And I think that's kind of the style I, I emulate personally um, in my coaching style. Then I went to play college at uh, Mary Hart Baylor a Division three program in Belton, Texas in 2000, which the program only started from scratch in 1998. So I came in at the third season of the existence of the program uh had a chance once again just kind of I remember walking in day one and being about seventh or eighth in the depth chart you know and just saying what the heck did I get myself into and just just uh learning to to stay you know stay the course and it seemed like every day or every other day I'd move up a spot you know somebody missed mom somebody missed a girlfriend somebody had other things going on and, and you just kind of outlasted them and then Before you know it, a couple of days into it and uh, in college I was starting again. And so I played a lot of football games in high school and college. And I think it really, I think it helps my eye for the game. It's kind of living, you know, that, that life and, um, and seeing it from the perspective that I saw it kind of domed over the middle of the field, And to me, it's like seeing all the chess pieces move. I have kind of learned to kind of put them together at a young age and (coughs) Obviously, at Mary Harden Baylor, um, it all goes, all the credit in the world when it comes to football X's and O's and what I've learned uh, goes to Pete Fredenberg, head coach there at Mary Harden Baylor, uh, the only head coach in the program's existence. I think he's won 17 conference championships, three national championships. I mean, the guy's a Texas Hall of Famer, and uh, he is a defensive, obviously, guru, mind, wizard, whatever you want to put on it from the old school of, you know, old Southwest Conference days. And um, I'm talking about a guy that's, you know, been D.C. at at LSU and at Baylor and all these other places when football was football, being real physical. And uh, so he's been kind enough to put, take me under his wing when I was 18 years old and uh, was actually college roommates with his son who was our quarterback on our college football team. And, and so kind of right into it, into college, I kind of, fell into hanging out at the head coach's house you know and and hanging around a bunch of coaches, and then from there, you know you lived the game all week with them and then uh it was even after the games you know I'd kind of get to come to some of the coaches' get togethers uh, as long as i you know kept my mouth shut uh, and uh <laughs> so I earned their trust by by doing that and and uh so you know I just kind of fell into the the coaching you know profession by being around great men that, uh, gave me guidance. And it was, you know, it's what got me at dripping Springs, Texas. It's what got me in education. It's what got me, uh, you know, all the opportunities that, uh, I've been so blessed and fortunate to be a part, uh, be a part of and, and having my life. And, um, Pete Fredenberg, Howard Ballard. And then to this day, uh, Larry Harmon, who's the defensive coordinator at Mary Harden Baylor, um, He's, uh, you know, if I got a question, he's there to answer it for me. And, uh, and then obviously we'll, we'll get into, uh, on the defensive side, we're talking about X's and O's. That's, that's who I am. Uh, when it comes to the total coach and, um, uh, you know, how to get kids prepared to win a championship. Um, I think a lot of that is directly tied to, uh, to coach Dodge and to, uh, the time we spent together we've been together now for 9 years and i would trade a minute of it you know there was some some tough losses in there some uh some setbacks um so as much as people think that you know it's all it's all gravy and you're back to back and the world is great yeah it is but there was uh we had to live down some losses for several years until we got another chance to get back at it and uh redeem ourselves and so things had to go right kids had to stay healthy and so that's kind of that's it, you know. Pete Fredenberg, Todd Dodge, I, I would say that's uh that's my blood. And uh they've both taken me under the wing as Coach Dodge treats me like a son and and son and brother and all the above family. Um, and the same thing with my my college coach, Pete Fredenberg. Those two guys are uh if I can be half a coach, those two guys are, then I'm doing something good.
0: Yeah, no doubt, Coach. You've you you've been blessed to be around <clears throat> some great guys. You talked about, um, you know, how it's not just rainbows and and sunshine all the time when you're going, you know, to go back to back. And you know, you, I know you had the when when I you talked about some some tough losses. I, I think of that that one with, with against North Shore. I think that was what 2015?
1: 2015. Uh, yeah, we lost yeah. the state championship in North Shore.
0: Yeah, and and that was a classic game. Uh, I remember watching that on TV. And, and for you guys to, uh, to bounce back from that and, and now, again, go back to back. When, when you look back on this past season, especially with COVID and in light of all the things that, that – the challenges that presented, what was the most difficult part about repeating this past year?
1: Whew. I mean, that had to be it. I mean, to tell you the truth is just – as much as you don't want to say it is, that was it. I mean, it's – Coach, we didn't – I don't know what every else's situation was, and I know different parts of Texas are different. And uh, but in Austin, Texas, in Westlake Hills, um, we we never dressed inside of our varsity locker room um, except for about thirty minutes on game days, on home game days. That's it. We turned our cafeteria into our locker room, and to make it the biggest, most spread out, safest place we could be. And so people talk about this. I can tell you, I didn't watch film with my kids in a classroom and draw on the board until about the second or third week of the playoffs. Like that Christmas break. When we were home for Christmas and everybody was gone from the school and it was just us. I mean, then we could spread out more and uh, we found different rooms and we actually drew on a board. That's what people don't understand. We gave our kids travel bags with helmets, shoulder pads, pants, jerseys, everything they need. And they drive up to the state to the practice field, like we're, you know, two-way, you know, Johnson City, and uh pulling up the practice field, hop in the back of the truck, get their bag dress, go to practice. And and it was the craziest thing ever. Uh, but you know, somehow we made it work and just uh once again we had setbacks along the way. There was a little time in there we had to take a little break because we had a little couple cases and then after that though, it was pretty smooth sailing. Everybody seemed to um, uh, you know, understand where we would get ourselves in trouble and and we took care of each other and what a special ride. I mean, staying healthy, you know, obviously is a key in a lot of things, but it's a it's a program culture wide thing that 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 Coach Dodge has instilled here at Westlake and it's about you know, it's about peaking at the last game and and it's building before you, right now in the spring we talk about building for a 16 game season. Right. And I know that's hard to to put, you know, to talk about game 16 before you get through the 10 that they give you. We we break it down as we get there, but in in our coaching minds, we try to build depth. We try to install. We try to build upon each other to make sure that, um, you know, we're peaking in the playoffs and that uh, we play our best game that last one. And so it's just a different mindset, and and it's obviously something that I was unaccustomed to uh, until this partnership with Coach Dodge came about. And, and, um, you know, fortunately for me, together and with this amazing staff, we've been able to accomplish some great things.
0: Well, no doubt, Coach. And, and, you know, I I think when – for a long time, when people thought of Westlake, they're going to think of offense, uh, you know, with all the prolific quarterbacks who've come through that place – and all the the talented kids that have come out of there, um, you know, offensive playmakers, and of course with with Coach Dodge being there, and the success that he's had and everywhere he's been on the offensive side of the ball. But um, you know, without a doubt, the last two years, a, a huge uh, you know reason for your success has been your defense. So let's talk about your defensive philosophy. You know how you guys, um, you know, or how you have arrived at where you are at that. You know, I see. Uh, for those guys watching this on video over your shoulder there, you got a 4 a, 2 a drawn up. But I know you guys are very multiple in how you approach things. So just talk about – give us like a general view of your defensive philosophy and then we'll kind of get into it in the specifics uh, here, here in a second.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we like to say that um, uh, we, we play with two base fronts. We have a four-man front and we have an odd front. Uh, we try to go into every single game plan every week with both those things, um, both of those fronts. And we like to go into both. We always go into both games with base defense out of both of those fronts and try to be as sound as we possibly can with our base. Obviously it's not the case. And those people that have seen us play know that we don't just play base. However, we do a good job at disguising, all right, where things are coming from, and we make it all look the same from our base presentation. Um, so, obviously, depending on the offense we're playing d- determines whether or not we're in four down or three down predominantly, but also it gives you flexibility. You know, uh, we talked a little bit with Coach Taylor earlier. You mentioned, you know, that big defense. It was his name, Jackson, last name, Jackson. Yeah. yeah. The big defensive event that you can kind of – if you – we started training, and this is – I can tell you, so much of the things I feel like where I've evolved as a coach has come from learning from offensive guys and learning from, namely, the offensive guy that I work for, all right, and Coach Dodge. And little things I've transformed from offense perspective and turn them over into defense perspective. So let's go back to, like, 2000, let me see here, 2004. I'm coaching at Mary Hart and Baylor. We're playing in the uh, the national semifinals in the playoffs. We're playing against Mount Union, who a lot everybody, but your football coach, you know, Mount Union, they've won 10 or 11 national championships. Maybe one of the most historic programs ever. We're playing in Alliance, Ohio, and a blizzard. You can barely see the other sideline. And somehow we found a way, you know, to win the game. And, but I remember going into the game plan as coaches sitting in there to the to develop a game plan. I'm talking about I'm a young GA at this point in time. But I remember thinking to myself, they had this Y slash what offices call H now. A little sniffer fullback slash tight end. But this was the first time back in 2004 that I saw a team do it. And they could be in three by one. They could be in two by two. They could be in every form of two backs. They can be in 11 personnel, one tight end, one back. They can be in anything with this one cat who was very, very talented. It was about 6'3", about 210, 215, big enough, strong enough to block for the run, fast enough, athletic leg enough to catch the football. Um, and he was kind of a matchup nightmare. And for us, we couldn't tell what, couldn't anticipate what formations our personnel grouping was gonna be, because one cat made them all of it. Right, right. And so I started thinking from a defense perspective later on in my career, all right, how can we do this to where we can mess with these offensive guys who always think that they get the chalk last? So my thought was if we can develop that H-type player on defense. Very similar to what you guys did with Jackson at defensive end. So, But year to year, it changes. It could be an outside linebacker that drops down and plays defensive end. Okay, we can do it. So so let me start with it first. If we're in an odd front, we have three down linemen. We usually play stack as our odd front. So we have three linebackers. Okay, that's kind of our base three-man front. Now obviously that changes based on other things and formations, but um that's our base kind of three-man front, a three-three stack. We can pretty simple. We can make those our three linebackers are called Sam Mike Well. We can make our Sam, all right, our hybrid player. to so where he is the defensive ends. Um, you know, a lot of the times to the strong side depends on how good he is, how much, how much brain capacity he has. And if he has any background of linebacker to start with, Um, so we can make him a defensive end and we're a four man front, but we're doing it out of odd personnel. Okay. You got me. And then we can do same thing. Okay. Let's go back to our base four down personnel, four linebacker or four down lineman and two linebackers. Uh, And the last three years, we've been doing it with a defensive tackle block uh, bumping back to be the Mike linebacker. So we can get to stack personnel at a base, all right, uh, yeah. personnel. So, once again, offenses never know going to the game, oh, here comes a defensive tackle running in. They're going to be in a four down. Well, a good chance of that, but there's also a chance that we won't. <laughs> and yeah. a lot of the times we're asking those guys, those defensive end slash linebackers we're not asking them to go run and cover the vertical route of number three or number two all right we're asking them simply to zone over a back to man a back or to add on all right as some type of a quarterback spy quarterback um you know delay delay pressure Uh, so we keep it very simple for those guys um and then obviously we can true personnel any of that um uh, we can go, you know, we we do a nickel personnel. We'll bring in kind of three defensive end type kids. So, I mean, but I think that's one way to do it, to never get a beat. But every year's a little different, too, based on who you have. I mean, there's times we can – Yeah, we, it's better for us to drop our three technique back to be a Mike linebacker, and there's years it's better for us to drop a Sam linebacker down to be a defensive end. Um, we've been kind of lucky to be able to do both, uh, you know, in the last couple of years. So. That's kind of how we get from one yeah. to the other, yeah. you know, and that's where the philosophy came from was Mount Union 2004, that Y slash H that was all over the field and made us on defense go like, what the heck are they going to be in? So yeah. I, I turn it around try to have the same philosophy on the offense, try to uh, you know, mess with them a little bit uh, and not let them know what, what we're going to be in.
0: Now that is um, you know, obviously I've I've heard a lot and we have done a lot, as you mentioned, you know, working with the defensive end, sliding him in, popping him back out, letting him play an outside linebacker, usually, you know, into the boundary or whatever, and kind of like what you're talking about, sort of limit what his responsibility is so he doesn't have a whole lot to think about and keep it pretty simple for him. But dropping a three take back to play Mike is something that's that's I'm not familiar with, mm. but it's something I'm definitely interested in. So talk about that. You said you know that that you're not going to ask that kid to do too much. Maybe he's a delayed rusher, which is kind of what he is anyway. It's basically just changing his point from where he's rushing. He's getting a head start now. So That's just it, talk how, talk about how you coach that kid up specifically, how you identify that kid, and like when you're going into your off season, and you're looking at your personnel. How do you decide who those kids are going to be? Your your tweener kids.
1: Yeah, I mean, wh- but with us, our defensive line here is never going to be. We're never going to have. 300-pound defensive tackles. I mean, we got 220 to 240 is about where our defensive tackles are. So when you're talking about, you know, get rid of that thought process. Like, it's, if you're listening, that is a 300-pounder dropping back to play Mike. He, he's an athletic, athletic 225, 230-pound defensive tackle. What's your
0: three-take well, usually three take. is? Yeah, I mean, that's, your, that's yeah. your best dude. He
1: should be the most athletic yeah. of the two. Yes. And then the other guy, the the two techniques is the little the bigger of the two. So we usually roll with the two technique. That's two forty, you know, two fifty. It's about as big as our kids get. And then we have that three technique. That's two twenty or two thirty, and a little bit faster and a little more quick twitch. And and like I said, coach, a lot of times we just uh, based on how we we call it. I mean, his responsibility is pretty simple. He's simply um, an add on and we could change that add-on speed. It could be more of a true spy where he kind of just falls out of a stance forward. Okay. When we call a spy, uh, I think one thing we've gotten, I think we're in 2015 was probably the best I'd ever seen a team add on. And, and that was North shore. That was coach K and North shore in the state championship. And we played them. Uh, we had quarterback Sam Elliger at the time. Obviously he was the junior national player of the year. Um, But he was running for his life because they're rushing four dudes and playing zero, playing man-free. And they got two quarterback add-on players. And I'm talking about ball snaps. And it looks like they're blitzing from their stance, but they're all just playing it off of the back and the quarterback. And the other guy, whoever has the quarterback's adding on. So once again, you learn from different things you see and different situations you've been in. and, And so for the next few years, we worked on it. We worked on the timing of, Um, when to add on and how to add on. And so um, a lot of times it's just really kind of falling out of your stance, kind of forward in a simple, simplified way. We still kind of fall out of your stance. What we don't want him to do is to hit it running at the snap. Here's my philosophy. Why we want that is because if they just catch, turn, and throw like a screen bubble or a jailbreak out there, why just wasted a dude running through the dang A-gap or wherever the hell he's running, all right. And when he could be running sideways to go tackle. Him. So the first thing he's checking for is just quick game. just catch, turn, throw, right? Some type of a wide receiver screen games outside off of some type of a zone or a base look inside. Okay. Spit the ball out. We don't want to burn him. i want to be able to run sideways. So once he recognizes that the ball's not spit, it's a truly a five-step drop. Okay. It's cash and a drop from the shotgun, the intermediate to deep routes. Then and if it's just a base call, if it's just a spy, He's just kind of falling out of his stance onto his toes. We tell him, I want you to be about where the nose guard ended, where the nose guard's uh, heels were pre-snap. That's about where he won him after that quarterback. Once he knows his five-step and the quarterback's into his drop. So that's two yards off the ball where the, where the original line scrimmage was. And then from there, if we don't have we – can, we can twist uh, one side – and just and let the other five technique rush and just let him kind of. We just tell him that we tell him a lurker, just to kind of find it. Um, and we could put a double twist on there. Well, we're we're using that middle uh, that tackle as the second twister. All right, with the end opposite, and we can determine whether that's strong or weak, or we can just let the kids call it. And uh, a lot of times we just let them call it. We just say whatever, do it. If there's a back, do it opposite the back, or do it to the back, or hey, y'all just call it. And uh, So whether or not we twist or not, we can run a double twist, a single twist with the lurk or plain rush and let that guy add on late. Um, So really nothing more to that. I think the most important thing though is closing the space. I think where where the, where the spy gets in trouble is where he sits back too long. Okay. And now that quarterback has space to come make your butt miss. All right. When he does, we want to tackle it with, with sideboards. With our defensive ends closing in walls, we're stepping up in the pocket. We want to tackle the quarterback in those spaces uh, instead of letting them get, all right, to second level, you know, past the line of scrimmage before we're trying to tackle them in space. Uh, So I think those are the two key things. Just kind of continue to eat up on your toes, all right? Just kind of fall out of your stance into it. And then, obviously, um, when you see it go, Um, don't be waiting too much.
0: Now, is this something like, and and because I'm just thinking, you know, kind of how we do things and how um, and, and how you guys would do it, you know, are you uh, on 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 the headset, you know, asking for what the personnel grouping is, and that's going to determine whether you guys are jumping into to, to odd or even, or or is it something just, hey, this series we're going to be in this, or this game plan we're going to be in this?
1: That's. That's all those. It's yeah. yes to all those, coach. I mean, it's a feel. Yeah. I'll tell you this, and you're probably not going to believe me, and everybody else is probably not believe but I don't have a call sheet. I mean, I, don't, I stopped call, using a call sheet about six years ago. I don't use a call sheet. What's installed in our program, we can run at any point in time, whether I practice it 50 times that week or whether I practice zero times that week. In a state championship game, I went through and watched it again about a month ago. Uh, I think I called about six or seven things in the second half that probably we hadn't run in about five weeks. I mean, not practice here or there. I mean, like, yeah. i talking about like one or two reps. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about over and over. But to us here at Westlake, in our program and, and as entrenched as we are, our kids know our stuff and it's just you call it, they run it. And um, obviously, going into that means that our coaches, um, we have a technique with how we're teaching our kids for it to make sense. And so it's not overload, but we also are blessed with the smartest team in Texas. Don't get you, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, we, we've got 35 out of 52 seniors that are first team academic, all state players, and we take advantage of it. We know that we can use them to, um, to understand our opponent. We think all right, better than most. And, um, uh, we're using that to our advantage right now. And so I think that's that's really the biggest thing is having those kids understand. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything goes into it, goes down and down. If it's third and long, you know, I'm probably going to be in a three man front. You know what I mean? It's kind of common sense stuff. If they're sitting there in two tight ends and going to try to pound the rock, then we're going to probably be in a four man front. Um, you know, if it's, uh, if the quarterback, I would say this, if the quarterback is a, is a scramble you know, threat, I like a three-man front if we can hold up on the run because it gives me an extra quarterback spy player without having to create one. We can create one from a four-down front. Okay, if we have a certain call, we call, and we can make our three technique essentially the spy on the quarterback to start. It would be the same thing if I backed up and played stack with him and let him be the spy. Two different looks plus the same damn job. I didn't create anything new. You know, we, a little yeah. term we got for it, but. Other than that, it's going to all work out the same. Um, so all those things, Coach, go into it. I mean, uh, you know, who is the, you know, what is their strength? I mean, do they got a, uh, an ex-receiver who's a cat, but I got a double team all the time, you know, that I might, uh, you know. Uh, I think it all comes down to, Coach, can they run the football or not? And we've been fortunate to have really, really good rush defense uh, in the last few years. and uh, that's where it always starts with us—is making sure they can't run the football. And if they can't run the football, then we feel like we got them where we want them. We could, we have everything in our game plan at our disposal, and we can play four man or three man. I mean, injuries sometimes even force us into certain things. You know, um, we got some D linemen banged up. We're ahead in the game. Hell, i popping to three man to stay in as long as I can, just to save somebody for you know, like I said for those 14 15 16 weeks um that we might need them down the road so um you know I, I just just common sense answers off the cuff how i'm feeling you know like i said if i'm in a three-man front can they run the football on me or not if they can then i'm gonna get a four-man front all right, right. we the damn run if if we can hold up with a three-man front we'll play a three-man front you know and and um uh, but you know, there's also teams that are going to come in trying to run the football, regardless. So then we're going to put our four man front out there, regardless, and lock horns and and see who's who's you know the bigger batter man that night. And uh, but we do them both. We have the ability to do both. I would say we practice our four down probably seventy five percent compared to our three down. Okay. Um, because from our four down coast though, don't get me wrong, we can get, like I said, two or three down. So it's a little kind of, little misleading that number. You got
0: what uh, i No, absolutely, and that's yeah. that's we see. We saw the same thing. Is is yeah. you, you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I do want to talk about your your eye front. Um, you, you know, you say you're playing a three three stack. How are you playing that? Is it, is it a traditional stack? Um, is it more of like you know, your three safety look, like your broken stack look? Or is it um, – are you staying too high? How, how are you playing that?
1: Um, let's just put it in two by two.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. You can see me. In, you can see it in your mind here. Two by two would be almost like a true stack. So the same, obviously, Sam-Mike-Will. The only one that really doesn't have – that can break that true stack is that well linebacker. Based on the coverage we're in, we will, will, we say, hip him out a little bit. So he'll be kind of on the outside hip of that five technique on the weak side. We'll say it's two by two, gun strongs, put the back to the field. Okay. Um, we are, day one, we are a quarters team. So that wheel linebacker has got to be able to get all the way out to number one on our weak side. Uh, so it's a little quarter slash read cover two there into the boundary read cover two to start with. If you don't get it, then we're playing quarters. Got me. So he's going to get all the way to number one. So depending on the, you know, where the ball is on the field, his alignment will change. If it's into the boundary, he can be more stacked on that end. Cause that's, that's the run to number one. Isn't very far, Put the ball in the middle of the field though. Now he's going to cheat his alignment a little bit so he can get out to number one. But once again, if it's third and one and right. whatever, that running back's right. giving you a, he's a yard deep on the quarterback, then why the heck am I going to be hipped out there if I'm anticipating a run? Right. Or we also look, obviously, next level. Where is the back? Is the back, to me, is the back away from me? If the back's away from me, then where's the quarterback got to open up if it's run? Away from me. Then I can fall back into that B gap a hell of a lot easier and a hell of a lot faster because I'm not getting his eyes. Most people don't cross-read RPOs. So that's, of course, another thing that, as we all teach, is... Are you on the read side or are you in the or, excuse me? Are you in the RPO side or are you on the away side? So, if it was two by two gun strong, we'd say our linebacker would be on the away side. He can be a little more aggressive in the run because the quarterback's opening up away from him. Does that makes sense. And the back's coming to him. Yep.
0: yep, definitely.
1: So, obviously, the back was at him. If it was weak, um, we got we, we a couple of little things we can do to change up. We can speed up a defensive end. We can move our tackles. We can, um, you know, just kind of play more of a two on two over there on those two receivers and let the well linebacker exchange for a quarterback. Um, so some other things we can do, but we are true stack for the most part, coach. I mean, you know, like I said, if it's broken, they're broken by half a man, you know, and just to get close to their coverage. And it's probably because something is telling them it's pass, the down a distance, you got what I'm saying. Uh, anticipation of, of of a of a pass drop, so he'll probably break it a little bit more.
0: You, you, one of the things that you see a lot out of that, you know, that, that with you know, you see a lot of teams running the running the stack, or at least some form of it, especially you know, like in the Big Twelve, and even even some now in the SEC. Um, you know, that offenses like to attack that, like you said, that weak side. Uh, with the run game, and a lot of times with the quarterback run game because they can add a, add a guy and and outnumber you there on that weak side. So what do you guys do to kind of – you're talking about, you know, playing with your defensive end some. What do you guys do to to kind of help help with that? On the weak side? Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, the biggest thing is you got to gain your Mike linebacker, I mean, in the stack. He has to be a player in the weak side run. So, like, whatever, say run power read week or something. Go two by two, going strong, run power read week. Um, you know, that five technique, is going to get a down block, right? He's going to the mic. The tackle's going to the mic. Um, that five techniques, um, depending on, you know, the mesh. We play power read. There's no power read. is a bastard play, and they shouldn't be allowed to run it, what, what it should be. But everybody's just different. It, we play it different based on how you run it. And that's what I, what I would say is people ask me all the time, how you play power read? Well, it depends on how you run it is if the guard never gets there and is a threat to kick out because the quarterback meshes past it, speed it up and go to the quarterback. Now if that guard's athletic and can get there and can kick us out and the quarterback can pull it and crease us, then, yeah, we better respect it and learn how to spill it and make him hand the name football. So I think that's the answer. <laughs> how do you play the power read? Well, that's the answer. How do you play it? Yeah. How, how are you blocking it? Or Are you pulling a 320-pounder and there's no ways to get there? Then, then I ain't going to go run into a block. Right. I'm gonna go right. speed up, hit the quarterback, and then we will exchange. Imagine if you're going power read right, our mic, our well linebackers going power read, and our mic's coming around and play the quarterback. So I mean, that's really it, just gaining the mic. You have to get the mic. He'd be no different than be like a, a two technique on the weak side. You don't have a two technique, but it's the mic. Um, we just exchange that. And so I, I would say it's the biggest thing. And obviously, coach, um, if you say this play, our our safeties. Um, our safeties are—they're are, in the run game. Uh, they're flat-footed and they're playing most of the dang time. And if they're not, then our corners are playing in the run game. So we mix up who our run players are quite a bit between our corners and our high safeties. Uh, we're going to show too high look majority of the time, uh, but we're trying to mess with you to see if you can figure out who's going to force the ball. And uh, so that's just the biggest thing. We change up, you know, corner support, safety support. Uh, so so they don't know who to block. They go block the safety because they think he's coming run the alley, but then the corners and go smoke the back for five yard loss. And they block the corner and the safety's flat footed and he runs and makes a tackle. So um, that's just really the the best way for us to do it is just to mix up our, um, you know, uh, our weak side force the the corner or the high safety. And then just make sure that well linebacker gets out. He can't get cracked by number two. Or he can't get zoned by that tackle. I mean, he's got to. He's got to mess some stuff up right there. He's got to take up some blocks, and he's got to force the issue.
0: So now let's we can we can kind of talk about your your four two five some and just um, you know now the way that you put it you know, now your mic is down and playing your playing your three technique spot. Really just talk about how you're playing, because this is a a D-line podcast, so I know we got some guys wanting to know about the front. Talk about how you're playing that front and maybe some different techniques that you play out of that.
1: Okay, so out of our four-man front, I mean, I think here's something that I I don't know what everybody else does. I I know I've heard some people talk, you know, obviously about their front and stuff and and what they do, but with us, we we have, um, in our four-man front, in our base defense, we have a three and a seven. They always travel together. Now we have a two and a five. They travel together. Now that doesn't mean that we flip D linemen. We play right defensive end, left defensive end. Do we flip tackles? Depends on the year. We have and we have it. Depends on who those cats are. And so um, that's kind of the answer to, to our defensive front and how we're setting. Now our the, the fundamental difference between us is our five technique is a chaser and a spiller, and our seven technique um is not. He is more of a cut to keep player. So go back to that two by two gun strong coach. Run zone read, right? You run zone read weak. So you're doubling the three technique, right? You're doubling the two technique, trying to come up to the mic. Um to that A gap linebacker. It doesn't matter if you're in a four man or three down whoever that A gap line it's going to be. If that was our stack personnel, that would be our Sam linebacker playing Mike in the strong side A gap. That makes sense, because our mic would be a three technique, and if yes. it's a four technique, that's just our mic, right? Because you got a tackle, a three technique over there. So, um, so when they run zone read, uh, and they you know they zone the the five on the the uh, with the tackle on the backside over there, they're reading that seven technique. That seven technique is going to play cut to keep. He's going to get he's going to stay attached to that tackle on the down block. Just keep his shoulder square, right, and try to shelf down the line of scrimmage, seeing through the mesh. He's got the quarterback on a pull, right? He's trying to give the quarterback a give read, hand the damn football off. Should be tackling practice with the well linebacker in the b gap is what it should be. Should be a three technique, taking up a double team. Should be a two technique, hopefully taking up double team. Um, at least enough time for that Mike linebacker to come rip the face off of that center as he tries to come up. Then you have that well linebacker sitting on the outside hip of that five technique, folding back in, because the zone is coming right to his lap. I mean, about the only thing else they can do is try to crack the wheel with that skinny receiver. Then you can just go tackle it with the safety right over top of it. So um, that's, that's the difference. Now, put the back weak, okay, two-by-two two gun weak. The back is now to our five technique, mm-hmm. okay? Now, if you run zone read, okay, that, that five, uh, the left tackle or the, the tackle is going to inside release to the well linebacker. Well, our five technique now chases. So he's going to redirect that tackle on the down block, we do that to make sure the linebacker gets a clean exchange, so the tackle just doesn't inside release and they come out and ear hole the crap out of your linebacker that's exchanging. So our five technique is running the heel line now, chasing the back. Right? We, we're not giving him a pull read. Okay. So now the well linebacker is exchanging, playing the quarterback. You know the uh, the Mike's just playing his gap, his strong side a gap. Three shouldn't get zoned Seven should get zones. So that's the fundamental difference in day one freshman football right there of how to play the zone read to a seven and to a five. Now we, um, we have a couple. we play a lot of times, especially if it's gap scheme teams, powers and counters. uh, We play our seven technique, like a five technique a lot of time versus two backs. It's about the only time that we'll do that where we're spilling everything, dude. We're trying to, we're, we're not letting them hit it North to South. We're trying to get them to go East and West. Uh, you know, if, if, they can run the power or counter either way, then to me, you gotta be ambidextrous to be able to read guards and get your linebackers back out. But, um, we will tighten those guys down. The seven's a little bit wider to stance, five's a little tighter. Um, so that's the fundamental difference in our five man and our four man front and our three man front. They're both five techniques. So we've already got a top. There's no distinguishing between it. I mean, you're both five techniques. So you're both going to chase regardless on the down block. You're both going to spill on any kind of down blocks and pulls. So.
0: So talk about that seven, because that is an interesting concept. I'm assuming he's playing a go seven, you know, um, you know, with, with no tight end um, and, and, and go back. I was trying to write it down. So he's the five is a chaser and a spiller and seven is, he is uh, basically a quarterback player giving a give read Um
1: just got to make sure you shuffle down enough of that tackle so that quarterback can't hit it, bend it back on the front side. Right. Right. So you sit there and play the dang quarterback and you let that tackle wash that three technique down and that running back bounces back front side. That's house. I mean, so we yeah. want to play that first, obviously, if we, we're trying to see through the ball. Yeah. I and mean, we don't want to be robots. We don't want them to guess. But we, we, we tell them if they hand the football off, all right, then obviously you're falling in towards the ball really the only tackle you're going to make is kind of on the back side of his legs, yeah. maybe on the side of his legs or the back of them, you know, as he's trying to cut it back towards the strong side. I mean, that's, that's it's realistic. What's going to happen. We can't ask him to play the quarterback and play the dive. No, nope. you make sure that quarterback hands the football off, but if something about it, whatever, he's coming out of the mesh with one hand or you know what I'm saying? You know, the ball's handed, whatever gives it away. If you just know the depth of the back is telling you that, They're gonna hand it every damn time, or the quarterback is the backup, and he ain't gonna pull it. Then, you know, then they have an awareness that it's probably gonna be handed, and they might go make a play and look like, oh shit, they guessed. Well, I I would say they took an educated, um, educated guess.
0: Now you said they travel together, the seven and three, and the two and the five, but they. You're not necessarily flipping them. So is that is okay. that I'm ways?
1: just saying that wherever the three is, is a seven with right
0: Right. Right. So and,
1: and left and that if the three techniques right, then the right defensive ends a seven. Exactly. Three techniques left, then the left defensive ends a seven.
0: So are you basing that on on the strength or on, you know, maybe it's away from the back or to the to the passing strength, you know, Yeah, all
1: what's... those things, coaches I I can't answer one question. It's just all about where we set our three technique and yeah. and, a, and a lot of things go into that, like um uh, Let's say it's three by one gun week. You got me? Yep. And they put that back out. Uh, let's just say um three by one gun week. I'm probably gonna set the three technique to the back. Okay. What that what that setting a three and a seven should do if you put it on paper is like, look, I've got outside shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. We got outside leverage on your two guys outside leverage. Yes. So what should never freaking happen? You should never get zoned. Right. You should never give up. What are we, and, and this is kind of where we go to our first day of thinking. In three by one gun week, what's the number one run threat? Right now we're saying quarterback sweep or speed option. Right. Right now, immediate, right, full right. zone, go try to overtake you, leave at the back. Everybody wants to try to run football in the week alley. Yes. So we teach our kids from the very first start, we first show them three by one, that's it. It's like one of the golden rules. What are you thinking? Right, weak alley run. And obviously, then next we're checking well, what can give us uh, an idea that it's weak alley run. Obviously, the depth of the back, the alignment of the back, the alignment of that receiver, who that receiver is. Some people will put that tight end out there, a the single receiver. Oh, that's because they're going to run, uses his to block a lot of times over there. If he's, you know, not a good one-on-one player out there, why is he the single receiver? He's there to block. Or that back gets wide because he's coming out for sweep. Or the back gets deep because he's going for the option. Okay, whatever it is we would set our three technique over there to the back. So they should never get us. Um, so what we can also do though, is like I said, we change up who our force players are. We can make that corner of the force player. We can let the high safety play and, and the well linebacker from the A gap be that player. It doesn't matter. Theoretically, it should just stretch down the line of scrimmage, run out of space. Well, linebacker, weak side safety. All right. Tackle it. Move on down the road. Um, so, Threes and sevens, I put that to obviously stop zones, right? To put it where I think the zone is going, so the zone doesn't overtake us. Um, I sometimes if their tackles are really really good, and they're good if they're a gap scheme team, powers and counters. um, I sometimes put I like to put the three technique to where I think the power the down blocks might be coming. To ensure that my inside linebacker gets out and over the top with pullers from the backside. Right. right. Okay. Because if you just have a two technique there, that tackle's going straight to that linebacker. Yeah. A lot of times it's chin music. So, yeah. Uh, we want to put that three technique there to ensure a double team on him so that we can get the backside linebacker out.
0: I'm just curious do you, do you get a lot of guys then trying to, uh, to maybe do some sort of ski like a like a where they're they're pulling that guard you know that's 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 covered up by the two and just try to bang that a gap that's on that side of the seven and the three you know with like a lot of a gap runs there to the seven and three side. Don't
1: get much. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, yeah. You're talking about like some some dart stuff, some kind of fold yeah, like stuff, a, like an a gap
0: dart or like a fold yeah. or something like yeah. that, just to try to take advantage of. Okay, they're going to take away our zone, so maybe we can try to bang them inside.
1: I haven't seen too much of a coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I I
1: mean, but a lot of times too, coach, like I said, I mean, we're moving quite a bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I spend the majority of our time practicing base defense, but when we're actually playing, it's, it's probably 50, 50 when it comes to base and some type of pressure. Um, and so, but our pressures are all built off of fundamental, you know, we have pressures that are, I would say, um, run-stopping pressures, run-type um, run, run type pressures where we're trying to hit. Uh, we're trying to lock horns with you. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to run the power, we know where it's coming. I'm going to go blitz right into where you're running the damn power. We're going to try to hit you in the backfield and make a big old pile and try to get a negative play and try to get your running back to, to bounce and run sideways. So, I mean, and I can also just call base defense. Hopefully that all works out the same way. But, you know, I, I like to hit it in the mouth if I can.
0: All right, here's a question for you. So, when you guys are going against your offense, um, and, and which which I gotta imagine can can be pretty stressful, going against Coach Dodge and 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 again all of those kids that you've had go through there, uh, you know all those quarterbacks. Um, h- how are you going against those guys? Are you are you giving them different looks? And I'm just curious, you know, when you talk to T- Coach Dodge, is, does he have does he say, "Hey, I you know I really hate it when y'all get in your odd front," or when you does does he? do those guys on the offensive side of the ball, do they kind of have a lot of say in what they like, what they don't like to see you guys get into?
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's just our whole staff. I mean, it's, we're all for one here and it's just, uh, there'll be days where, you know, we might have their number and win that day. Um, But I'm probably going to walk into coach Rogers, our office coordinator's office or Coach Murdoch or Officer of Lyons' office or Coach Dodge and tell them, hey, here's how we shut that down. Here's how we stopped it. Uh, it doesn't mean no good to keep the secret, all right? And for them because they're they're wearing the same colors, <laughs> so I go tell them. So then, lo and behold, probably the next day, all right, they they scheme it up and, and they smoke us, you know, in the next day's practice. And then there it is out there, they're, they're doing the same thing back to me. Hey, well, we got you here. This is what we saw, you know, and this is how we, we got you awesome and that's just the competitive I think environment that that we have here on our staff and um you know I think it's obviously I'm biased but I think it's one of the best in the state and I think it's we're competitors but I think the staff understands the whole goal that it ain't about winning practice it's about you know winning that game and, and uh we we try to help each other out the best we can you know and there's you know a lot of people it, there was no better um I guess I would say Example of that than the state championship game. Um, obviously, Riley Dodge is is, is running a um, you know a version of, of Todd Dodge's offense. And right, absolutely, uh, Lee munn who's the defensive coordinator at South Lake Carroll, was was my right hand man for for five years and uh, was my special teams coordinator for five years. So he's running the Westlake defense. And so we literally could have went to their sideline and they could have come to our sideline and coached each other's kids. It would have been the exact same terminology, exact same verbiage, exact same signals, every damn thing. So, what people don't know is we changed every single signal that we used all year long in the biggest game of the biggest of the year. We went into that and played all new signals, all new words, all new terms in the state championship game. And um, you know, I think it's it's a testament to our kids. I mean, it it cost us a little bit of. a couple of mental errors and some mental breakdowns early in the game, um, what I think helped them. And, and, and obviously they made some plays, but uh, I think once our kids settled down and we got into the flow of the game and those, uh, those silly mistakes got cut out and then they started playing and they made some big time plays, but um, you know, I, I, I don't know. They just, um, you know, we, we just, uh, we, we worked together, you know, and, and that week I was drawing up, you know, it's the, the – every defensive coordinator thinks he's the best offensive coordinator in the damn world. Yeah. I can draw up, touchdown, play. Y'all just yeah, run this that's right. one. That's week right. Four. But for the first time, you know, in a long time, I'm going through on the game week, of the state championship week, and I'm drawing, I'm going through every old cut-up from 10, 15 years ago and every year of a good play that's been run against us that gave us hell. And I have cut them all up and I sent them to coach Dodge and coach Rogers said, here you go. These are the ones. All right. That would give us the most trouble because it's exactly what you're going to do. So we went Pascal state championship game weekend. I'm giving them the exact same look that, you know, they're anticipating to get for that call and they throw it and score on us and practice a couple of times. And it gives them a lot of confidence to know, heck, you know, there it is. And so uh, yeah, nobody knows how to beat our defense better than me, and so <laughs>
0: that's right. Uh,
1: um, so you know, we tried to help our offense. Obviously, it, it didn't really matter whether our quarterback and our offensive line or running backs the way they were running the football. They were uh, they were pretty special that night.
0: Well, since since we're we're kind of talking about that, we'll go. Let's go back to that week, and you know, everybody, you know, that was the story of the of the of the high school Texas high school football season really especially with you guys playing later into the year and playing through the holidays and you know obviously covid is a big story but i mean that was a a a definitely a welcomed storyline uh you know to be to to have the the father son going at it and and i did know a little bit about that 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 you guys ran very similar offenses and very similar defenses and and I didn't know that you changed signals and and things like that. We, did,
1: we did the exact same defense. Huh? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. So exact same.
1: Exact same defense. Um,
0: did they did they change their signals?
1: Uh, some of them. Yeah. Some of them. Not all. I mean, and I think it it was, you know, it, it happens every time, and every coach does it when you're going against a a district opponent or somebody that you, yeah. that yeah. knows you very well. You know, you always are cognizant of well. We've been doing this for so long. We better change it up. They know us. They know us. And so, yeah, you know. But there's also times where we all do that, and you get in the heat of moments, going so fast. Especially for me, I did it myself. I I made mistakes and use old signals that we've been using all year, just because your last minute thinking and throwing something out, and you know, and and uh, I might use a signal that we used, you know, last week or earlier in the season, and and uh, so that was. That's always a challenge for us, but that's really where theirs came into play was, I think, when, when the game was, um, they had to go fast. Um, there are some things that you just, you want to make sure your kids don't get confused. And that's the whole dilemma. Do you yeah. do it or you don't? I mean, all week long, losing sleep all week long, every night, do you do it or not? Do you do it or not? Do you do it or not? And luckily, we started practicing it about three weeks before. Uh, we kind of, I don't know, we just kind of shook a crystal ball and said, hey, you know, there's a possibility of this. And so we yeah. started practicing stuff. We practiced it for two weeks. Like, I would say about 10 minutes a day for about two weeks, we practiced a handful of new signals. And really, it was just kind of getting input from the kids. All right, what else can we call this? What else can we call this? we call it throughout the week, throughout the week. And then finally that last week said, are y'all good with this? And they all, they all said they were good. So we rolled, like I said, I felt like it cost us a touchdown early in the game um, from, from just them and us kind of my kids, our kids being on, you know, not the same page um, because of new signals and it going, the game going fast and and obviously Early in the first quarter, they showed us some stuff that we didn't practice. You know, we would never seen. It was the new stuff, and uh, they had us on our heels. And they were making some some amazing throws. And um, so, but it, I think in the end, uh, I think it was the right move. I just think um, we had to do it because they were just they they had several guys in their staff that worked for us. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. So,
1: uh just you got to protect yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll, uh, we'll close out our conversation today with um with with some rapid fire questions. And my first question, you've already kind of answered and that was, you know, what is your preferred way to make your defensive calls in game and you've already talked about hand signals. Now, are you signaling those and and is it a pretty um intricate signal system that you have? Is it pretty short how, how
1: does that work? Coach We've dumbed it down once again. I train my thoughts. A lot of my thoughts I get from offensive dudes because they're, like I said, they're always the ones that are trying to think about something else. Like, all right, well, we got to do something else too, right, just to kind of keep up with the Joneses here. So I started seeing, uh, you know, about seven years ago, when I first got with Coach Dodge, he started doing some signals and stuff that were, you know, one signal word, formations and plays. We're all one signal. And so I got to think about it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like, um, for example, like we used to call like uh, week. let me see, weak, fire, hang on this. Weak, fire, crash, five is what I used to call. And instead of all that, we just go, just call crash. That's it. Dumbed down everything else. Everything else is built into the call now. So we got a lot of one word calls. And, and and here's, I think that's really, really helped us to be able to get on the same page. And then obviously we have multiple calls for just about for everything. Um, you know. Well, crash
0: we, can be the but, same as something else.
1: Yeah. We got crash. We got, gone, run, bro, we got crack. We got oh, I mean, all kinds of things we can run that are five different terms of that way of that. Um, and we could run that same pressure out of just uh, from just the weak side I mean, so it could be anybody running it really so but that was a big thing, adding a bunch of different terms and then different hand signals for when the game gets moving fast. Um, I think another thing that's that that uh, I think is I think helps us. I think might help some other guys. And this is kind of all things that we've learned and evolved. We can call the game from the front, from the strong side to the weak side, or from the weak side to the strong side. So I can call the, set, the coverages yeah. or the blitzes of the fronts from either way. And the other side knows what to play based off what I called on that, on that side. Yeah. So if I'm calling like a weak side coverage, then the front side knows what they have to choose from over there. They got a little covey with probably about two or three things they can play based off what they're seeing. Yeah. If I'm calling the pre- the coverage based off the you know the strong side, then the weak side, same thing, has a couple a little covey of of, of of two or three coverages they can play. So then when you're signaling the game, you're not always signaling the same thing. Not always signaling like generic, obviously, but like a cover four. Not always cover four, you know, or strong four, something like that. Like a, right. whatever. You know, we can call right. it from the weak side, I can call it from the front side. And not, really what we're calling is simply the the coverage technique or the pressure and how we want it to come once again with the pressure, I can call it from a man. Like I said, if I want the corner to do it, I can call crash. If I wanted uh, to call it from the boundary, I can call it like boundary, boundary five, uh, some type of a, they're bringing it from the boundary based off of who it is and the alignment is who's coming. Um, so that's really what we try to do. We try to keep the same look with our base defense and uh, bring pressures with the, the person who should be in that position. You got what I'm saying? Like, yes. if when you break down our base three by one, how we look like, that guy is supposed to be there. Now, all of a sudden, that guy's blitzing, All right. And somebody else is taking his job, right, or doing something else. But what I don't want is, all right, all of a sudden, that weak side I say he's been high all day long in three by one. Now, all of a sudden, he's four yards from the ball, the line of scrimmage something's up i mean he's coming pressure's coming so we've learned to hide pressures by by going back to what are they seeing what are what is the opponent seeing and how can we make that look the exact same every dang time whether we're running a pressure or whether we're running three different coverages And, and that's really what we're trying to do
0: all right well let's uh let's talk about this Sometimes you got, you know, coordinators would rather be in the box. Sometimes they would rather be in the sideline. You may or may not have a choice, but where would you prefer to call a game, press box or the sideline?
1: Uh, Sideline all day. All right. Yeah, I'm a, yeah I'm, I'm, I like to be in the action.
0: Okay, yeah, and have a feel for it, especially, I think, I would think if you don't have a call sheet, you're calling based on the feel of the game. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I call off the flow of the game. Yeah, Well, and, and our, our, our
0: head coach calls, calls our offense, and he doesn't have a call sheet either. Yeah. And it always just has, has baffled me, you yeah. know. Um, but I guess also I kind of laugh at these guys who have a Cheesecake Factory menu, as their call sheet as well. I, you know, that's a little bit ridiculous, but um, right. anyway. Okay. Yeah. I'm i I'm with you on the side, as far as the sideline part goes. All right. Here's the next question. And the, you know, w- when you're in the off season or you're looking to pick something up, uh, you know, you're studying something, what defensive coaches do you tend to gravitate towards or study?
1: Um, You know, I'm an old soul. I think I mentioned that to you earlier. I like the old classics. You know, I I I continue. I've always saved uh, the old Virginia Tech Bud Foster stuff. Every time I get anything from him, I really really enjoy reading it and watching it and and learning about it a little bit. And I think it matches up to some of the stuff we do. Um, you know, so real well. So I like him. And then uh, then obviously, in my opinion. Um, Coach Fred, uh, the Mary Harden Baylor Crusaders, whatever them dudes do. doing. they're the number one ranked defense in Division Three every day dang year. And it's pretty fun to watch them. And uh, so I'll go hit those guys up and watch them practice and play and take a few things from them if I can.
0: All right. Uh, now this is a, maybe a, a different question for you, but do you have any game day superstitions? And if so, what are they?
1: Um... Not really. I would say my game day superstition is just, is just, it's game mode. It's game day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different level of intensity, just kind of starting about after lunch. You know, I think the mornings are always a little chaotic, you know, thank goodness. The, but the one good thing with, with the, uh, COVID was, the, um, no pep rallies. Um, that was kind of nice. Have to worry about those things on a game day and distracting the kids and everything, and brownies and cookies and everything else those kids get on game day that you don't want them eating. Uh, so, I, I would say I say the biggest thing is just the, the level of intensity that uh, that comes with game day, and I think it's it, it try try to resonate that through through our kids. I think they're a reflection of 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 our staff. Uh, I think our defensive staff especially. We tell them we, we're feeding these kids here at Westlake, you know, nails and gunpowder, and we're making them pretty tough. We're making, yeah. you know, a bunch of milk drinkers, a bunch of, excuse me, you know, beer drinkers, for lack of a better term. But we're making some guys that are really, really good gentlemen off the field into some really, really tough dudes on it. And and that's the whole premise behind, you know, those analogies that I'm throwing out there. We just – our kids are so wired up to mess up the quarter – to hit the quarterback as many times as he can. They're, whoever your best players are, they're so tired of me talking about them all week long that when they get to game day, all they want to do is shut me up. I mean, they just, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, all, they're tired about hearing about the 2000 yard rush. They're tired about hearing about the all state quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the university, whoever quarterback signed, you know, right. Everybody comes in against us with these high profile athletes and, and granted, up. Obviously a lot of them are, are well, well warranted, but um We wire our kids here to where they're foaming at the mouth when the game starts to go be the toughest dudes on the field. And um, I think people know that now.
0: No, no doubt. They definitely do. All right, now here you go. Uh, I I think restrictions are starting to loosen up a little bit in the Austin area. You can get out and go out to eat now. Uh, But give us your top one or two restaurants uh, that are your go-to spots in the Austin area.
1: Ooh, that's I would say Matt's El Rancho uh, South Lamar a a local Austin staple. You get you the Bob, you know, the the, the traditional queso there. Um, And then obviously uh, there's a plate on the menu that I got introduced to a long time ago. But if you ever come to Austin, you must try his tacos, arcabone. And it is, uh, it's something else now. And uh, obviously um, the atmosphere is pretty fun there. I would say, uh, so that's, that's definitely a place. And then, um, you know, downtown, there's a couple of steakhouses I really like. Uh, just uh, uh, Bob's Steak and Chop House and good old – I like to take my wife to, to good old Ruth Chris every now and again. That's good Oh, place. yeah.
0: Yeah, you can't go wrong in either one of those places. Right. Those are those are winners for sure. Okay, Coach. Now, uh, w- I, this question is going to sound strange, but I'll explain a little bit. But here's the question. What defensive call is going to be on your tombstone? And so when I would, if I were to go and ask all your kids, hey, like – coach Salazar, you wake him up at two in the morning, put a gun to his head and ask him what is, what's the defensive call going to be? What's it going to be coach? What's the defensive call that's going to be on your tombstone?
1: All right. So I got the perfect answer for this because it's, I kind of just talked about this today with some of my coaches. Um, There is, I, I got a call this morning from a buddy of mine talking about two by two and something they were trying to stop. And then, uh, I'm sitting in the hallway monitoring the star test today. Yeah, that was fun. But next to another, my linebacker coach, and he, somebody calls him, asks him the same kind of deal. Something about two by two. And uh, he, asked, he says why, why is everybody trying to make it so complicated? And it's just like, they've they seen what we do. We've done it here. I want just do it right. Do it the way we've done it. It's been successful. I said, I don't know. I, I guess I'm we'll put their own spin on things. And He goes, we go back to our old saying, coach, and I said, yep. And here's our saying here at Westlake. Set strong and play ball. That's what we play. If there's ever a doubt as to what the hell we're playing, we're going to set our three technique to the strength, to your passing strength, to the strength of your formation, and we're going to play football. And it's going to be our base defense, and the kids are going to call the coverage based off of who your cats are, where they're distributed in the formation, Obviously, the running backs' depth and alignment, everything that we've taught them through their whole career, they're going to put us in the best base to be in. But that most of the time is just set that three technique. Everybody get on the same page. We're all playing our base quarters concepts. Go play ball. Set strong. Play ball. That that would be our call at Westlake.
0: I love that. I, that's that ought to be on a T-shirt or something. Oh, yeah, I know.
1: We were talking about getting it in our field house, like yeah. in our yeah. defense yeah. film room. It's is that simple, Coach. It's. Set strong, play ball when in doubt. Set strong, play ball. And and um, we go round and round on Sundays, you know, trying to get the perfect defense and where to get it lined up. And then hell, four hours later, it turns around, set strong, play ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, and,
1: and, uh, we waste a lot of time and effort. And that's right, that's right, gone with old faithful, and that's the way it always works out, usually.
0: That's right. I had, I had my, one of my former coaches on, uh, earlier this, 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 uh, winter coach Cornell Thompson, head coach at West Horn Stark. And he said, Ty, he goes, my kids know if I fall over and down the sideline call, and I don't remember what their call is, but you're, they're yeah. that strong play ball, but that, cause they run a 50 defense, but you know, that tends to be, you know, and, and I know we're the same way. Um, and we've said it before to our kids, you know, Hey, when all else fails, you guys know the call make that you know make that call and, and let's go play and I think that we can sometimes uh you know overcomplicate things for sure uh in in an effort to try to keep up with those guys on the other side of the football
1: no doubt you just gotta you know you, you have to be multiple, but you also have to give your kids you know um, some tools to work with and and I think that's they get ownership they buy they buy into an ownership whenever they can they can change your call if if what they're seeing is, is warranting them to change the call. And if I got look, back in the day, oh Garrett Wilson kid from Lake Travis. we get to play every day the year. Best dang receiver I've ever seen. But if he's over here and he's somehow, you know, in this position, I don't care if we had call, we're gonna double team him in that spot every dang time. Otherwise it's a touchdown. We don't have a big stop in one on one. And so once again, it's on the kids and, and you prepare them all week to do that. And, um, when it comes down to it and stuff gets going fast and stuff, like you said, it's hitting the fan, uh, stay strong, play ball, get after it, go, go run around and play.
0: I love that coach Well, coach. Thank you so much. I know you've been in high demand this off season and, and rightly so Your the, your guys, uh, success the last couple of years warrants that for sure. So thank you so much for stopping by and, and talking with us and, and good luck to you guys, uh, in 2021.
1: You got it, Coach Taylor. I'm sure I'll say you guys, uh, let's hope we see each other at Dallas sometime.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it.
1: In December this year, hopefully. That's right. That's right. Together. That's same, at the January stuff is for the birds. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Coach. You got it. Thanks for your time.
0: Great stuff from Coach Salazar today. So glad that he could join us. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Coach T Salazar. And if you would like to send him an email, you can find his email address in the show notes of today's episode. The show notes is also where you'll find links to our sponsors and edit Graphics and our coaching network and where you'll find a link to our merch store where you can go and pick up your KYPD t-shirt in long sleeve, short sleeve, or tank top. And depending on the style, you can probably find a shirt that you can get that matches your school colors. So get on over there and grab you a KYPD t-shirt, which will automatically up your coaching cloud and make you the envy of the coach's office for sure. Our quote of the day goes like this. Don't complain about not getting a chance and then be unprepared when you finally do. And that's from quarterback Joe Montana. And that will do it for us on this week's episode of KYPD. If you're liking what you're hearing, do me a favor and go and leave us a five star rating and review. That's a great way to help spread the word about our podcast here. And it takes you less time than it does for your nose guard to pull on his football pants or his big old butt. I promise you. Be sure to join us right back here next week for episode 104. Until then, Have a great week. Tighten up that chin strap and go to work. And most importantly,
1: keep your pads down.